0: I'm Catalina Flores. Welcome to the new Arcadia News Update. A fight has broken out at Calvary Hospital Emergency Room this evening when an upper-class white man was caught stealing Wi-Fi from an elderly Pakistani man with unlimited data. The Pakistani man was accompanying his wife to the hospital to treat a severe case of depression after her daughter-in-law began to ghost her on several social media platforms... Two weeks prior, the perpetrator was heard saying that he had used all of his own data downloading high-resolution photos of Meryl Streep's father and didn't think borrowing data was any different from bumming a cigarette. He was last seen watching episode 8 from season 2 of The Good Wife on his Netflix mobile app at a bus shelter near Radford College. People are warned not to approach the man unless their mobile data has been turned off and instead to please contact the new Arcadia Police and Emergency Services. Sixteen elephant-sized ponies have been spotted swimming on the shores of Lake Burley Griffin this weekend. Drawn to the lake by the regular chimes being played at the Carillion, they are the suspected progeny of elephants and ponies breeding together on an experimental science farm located about an hour west of Cowra. The general public have been encouraged to feed the Elephonies as often as possible to stop them from eating all of the swans and ducks that currently live on the lake. And in lunar news, the impending disaster of the moon finally crashing into and destroying our planet now appears inevitable. Some scientists believe that swells of laughter emanating from the floating moon comedy experience could be our last chance. Floating Moon Comedy Experience is a unique stand-up comedy night, including audio-visual treats and a certificate of participation for all. So if you want to help save the earth or just have a good, thick laugh, you'll be there. Featuring Anthony Tomich and Maddie Weeks, Nick Schuler, Taylor Coftree, Chris Malton, James McMahon, Al Thorne and Laura Emerson. This Lunar Ritual is hosted by none other than Francis McNair and is not just a night of stand-up comedy, as audiovisual treats are also on the agenda with live sound art by Ben Harb and visual hallucinations from Rafael Flores. I'm Catalina Flores for New Arcadian News Update. I'll see you at the floating moon.
1: That was interesting, Chris.
2: Very, very interesting. I believe people can buy their tickets online by going to eventbrite.com.au and searching for the word Floating Moon or by going to Facebook and searching for Floating Moon. I've got
1: a- my tickets and I'm excited.
2: Oh, you have bought them? How many tickets did you buy? I bought two. Can you go and buy another 278, please? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be a fun good night. We've got a bit big week pushing towards that. So
1: for, for the listeners, what, what, what should they expect?
2: It's going to be basically st- a stand-up comedy evening with some bells and whistles. We got eight talented local stand-up comedians or seven, seven talented local stand-up comedians plus me and then we're going to have uh, two beautiful little short films about the floating moon concept and we're going to have about 40, 30, 30, 40 minutes of music, 20 at the beginning, 15 in the middle during the intermission from a a young Canberra experimental musician. The whole concept of the night is basically saying that the moon is going to crash into the earth unless we can repel it using laughter. I don't want to go into too much detail about how that works because that gets explained on the evening, during the evening in the short films. But it's quite insightful, it's quite interesting and it's all very scientific and official.
1: Definitely scientific. Based on, on, on actual facts?
2: Probably more based on um more more based on facts than anything's ever been based on facts in the history of science. There's no theories here. This is all it's not yeah, there's no theories. It's all just based real. on
1: actual factual studies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And I think we're gonna have a new probably a new branch of science open up following this. The world's gonna change. People aren't going to be ready for this. We just (laughs) need to get 280 people in there. We've got t-shirts. We've got merchandise. Everyone who attends gets a certificate of attendance, which is going to be probably the new golden ticket into any kind of future success in in the real world as well. You just show people your certificate that you attended the Floating Moon Comedy Experience, and the world will be your oyster.
1: So... Is Raphael attending?
2: Raphael is remotely uh, considered that. Really, really trying to get people to stand there and film it or to have cameras set up. I Mm. am hoping he gets that done because it'd be cool to have it filmed so he can watch it and so I can watch it back later. I'm not sure who's going to be doing the filming. I'm not sure what cameras he's hoping to use. It's something that I haven't spoken to him about too detailed because there's been too much else to talk about. I'm sure he's going to hear me say this and go, no, man, I told you how it's going to work. But we'll see. I'm sure he's going to arrange it before Friday. I hope he does. But I have got too much else on to think about. I've got to try and get someone managing the lighting and i've got to try and get someone making sure the sound is fine and then also someone triggering the videos and bringing the screen up and down and other things that are going on so i don't and triggering other audio cues so i just uh and doing my own set so i just hope i hope it all runs smoothly but i'm just going to stay positive do all the work and see how we go yeah
1: cool man i'll see how my week goes and see if i can uh lend a hand um
2: Oh, if, if you can, that'd be amazing. I know I can, I, the good thing is I know you, you're someone who I can trust with that stuff. Like, you know what you're doing and you wouldn't fuck it up. But after you've had a long week, I don't want to put any stress on you. I want, I want you to be able to go along and enjoy the show. But if, yeah, shit, if it's all falling apart, I need someone to do something urgently. I'll be like, Joe, here's a thousand dollars, do some, do this.
1: All right, we'll, we'll play that by, see how it goes.
2: We'll play it by, you. The t-shirts, we got the t-shirts yesterday, actually. I wanted to get them <laughs> online cheaply and Raf said, no, we'll get them screen printed professionally here in Canberra by a local business. And he was 100% right. They look amazing. They look spectacular.
1: Did, did Raf just keep ordering salad?
2: <laughs> no raf was actually raf's been just quite kept bringing it out raf's been very very good with the money and i've been very bad with the money so far that's been the opposite i've been ordering salad he's like are you sure you want to do the shirts i'm like yes buy the shirts do this do that let's keep going let's keep going another one of the acts the very very talented um i would say prodigiously talented young comedian maddie weeks she um she is also getting on the merchandise table she's uh, going to have a, a run of shirts which have a very, very cool logo that she's invented for herself on it. On the front of it, she collects swords, and um, it's basically a t shirt that has her face on the front with two swords behind it. And it says Blade University, and that's going to be a very hot item on the merchandise table at the show. I'm sure they're going to sell out, sell like hotcakes. I think all the shirts, as long as we can get the people to the show, as soon as they're there, those shirts are going to go. The shirt's are going to disappear. The cupcakes are going to disappear. Good friend, Shadi, from work, who's volunteering, his he and his wife have a cake business who are a co-sponsor of the event, and they're going to have at least 24 custom floating moon cupcakes available for the first people who arrive, free for people with a ticket. So that's going to be nice. That's going to be another little nice touch. It's going to be good. It's going to be good.
1: Cool, man. Looking forward to it. Yes. Keep saying that, but I am. I know, Elf's going to be there. Um, I
2: know, that's exciting. uh,
1: I think John John would have been there, but uh, he's going to be probably on a plane, actually. What country
2: will he be flying to, John?
1: He's going to uh, Greece.
2: Greece. Uh, And why is he going to Greece?
1: Because he's a Spartan.
2: Because he is John the Greek.
1: He's going to... Where else could uh, he go? He's going to the Hot Walls to stop the Persians... uh, (laughs) from invading
2: uh, if not literally emotionally he'll be stopping the emotional persians he um i'd like to also send a shout out specific specifically to shardy's business uh the sweet tooth ah uh, what is the name sweet tooth cakes i believe it's called excellent if you go on if you go on instagram and look up at uh, i'm gonna get the proper proper name here my phone's taking forever to look this up but Sweet Tooth Canberra. So, if you go at Sweet Tooth, with no gaps, underscore Canberra, you see some of the craziest looking cakes. They are amazing. This looks like stuff you see on those TV shows. I don't know. I'm going to show That's, this to you now, Joe. That, that is,
1: sounds like a website that I should stay away from.
2: Look at that. Look at that uh, type of stuff. This is the stuff you see on those Bake Off shows. She's a very, awesome. very talented. Very, like... Kids' cakes, adult cakes. Look at that one there. Oh, wow. It's the type of That's stuff lovely. you see in magazines. It's, it seems unbelievable, but you can go there. They, they do custom orders. Cupcakes, Christmas cake, wedding cake, birthday cakes, everything. So if you're looking for cakes, Sweet Tooth Canberra is the one to go to. Looks very good. And another one of our sponsors, soon to open in Mawson, the Tutti, T-U-T-T-I Delicatessen, run by my good friend Bruno and his brother fantastic deli i know very little about it because they haven't opened yet but they're also a co-sponsor of the event and bruno will be there doing tickets with shardy on the night
1: cool <laughs> cool cool
2: cool cool um do you want to promote your business joe
1: promote my business yeah <sighs> no no, We're gonna no leave He that doesn't need to be promoted <laughs>
2: Other people do the talking. Other people will sell that's it, it for it's you. It's,
1: it's, that's how serious it is. Serious business, doesn't it? Doesn't I don't need to promote it. What I will do though
2: yep.
1: is I want to send out some shout to some of our listeners, and in particular my cousin, Andrés Rana, uh, from Chile.
2: Andres, hello.
1: So this is for you, man, and uh, also an old um, school buddy of ours, Angie Sakhivel, who. Um, Hit me up on uh, on my face, uh, giving us some um, some kudos on our on our podcast. So thank you, Angie. Keep listening, man.
2: Funny connection yeah, there. It. Angie works with Bruno and Shadi in the that's same office, for, yeah. right there. It's a small place. Yes, it so, is. Um,
1: so yeah, awesome. Awesome. So, what else has been happening, man? It's been a couple of weeks since we list, did our last uh, podcast because obviously I was overseas having an amazing trip with my lovely, beautiful wife. I think we start with uh, that.
2: I think we start with your trip.
1: Let, let's start with what that. What day did so, you fly uh, out? I think it was like the 27th or something like that. Um, it's always very exciting to travel um, for those that have traveled. Uh, but damn, it was a long flight.
2: So <laughs> Who did you fly with and where did you where did you depart from?
1: So, flew with... Uh, Qatar Airlines so they were running a promotion um, for Australian customers Um, and I think in particular for people in Canberra because they're now I think what is it now like the third international airline that's now flying out of Canberra so now we've got Oh you flew direct um, out of
2: Canberra?
1: Yeah yeah so I mean bought the tickets to them but um, so flew from Canberra to Sydney and then from Sydney to Doha um, and then from Doha to Paris but all up I I think it was about 27 or 28 hours. And the flight from Sydney to Doha alone was 15, which is by far the longest flight um, I've ever been it's on. It's a long
2: flight, isn't it?
1: It is a long ass flight. And it was just, K- Qatar's an awesome airline and I've got like a new fleet. It was one of those big 380 Airbus thingies, but uh, it was just damn uncomfortable, man. Um, and I, I don't think I even really got out of my seat. I was just watching movies, trying to sleep. And, did, you, and not did you go to the toilet at all? Maybe once or twice.
2: Once? So you were dehydrated?
1: No, I kept drinking water. Oh, okay. Well, yes. Um, Let's put that in perspective.
2: A 15-hour flight is very long. Imagine we all see these films with space travel where they're traveling for like months on end. <laughs> or even, forget space travel, being on a boat going from England to Australia for months. I, I swear to- on I swear
1: to God, I got I got muscle atrophy just from um atrophy from uh from from that 15-hour flight alone, man. It was it was crazy. I guess at I lost least like fi- yeah. Go on. All my all my muscle mass like 50%. You lost 15 production.
2: kilos. <laughs> 15. You lost a kilo an hour. At least on the boat, you'd be pulling ropes and doing work on a spaceship in Alien or whatever like that. You would have to be doing exercise all that kind of stuff like they do i guess they do it on the space station in space don't they they have like exercise bikes to maintain their muscle mass
1: yeah weights and stuff like that yeah they yeah. have to or you 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 slowly wither away mm. but um yeah so long flight um, where did you land got to paris the mm. charles de gaulle international airport oh. really Paris. Um, paris. really dodgy looking terminal um, Dodgy. How? Just the whole airport's been uh, renovated, and I think that's like one terminal that they haven't renovated yet. The rest of it's really nice, but that was was a bit crap. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, waited forever to get our bags. I swear to God, it took like an hour and a half. Oh, and here's the other funny thing: I got a new passport. Um, because my old one, you know, expired ten years. Mm. So I got a new passport, and now when you leave Australia through the Sydney Airport it's all electronic. So um, electronic, you know, passport recognition, all that kind of stuff. It's yep. all just walk through a, a camera, it takes a photo of you and boom, you're done. You don't actually talk to any, any, any people. Wow. Um, which also means that they don't actually scan or stamp, well, they scan it, but they don't stamp your passport. So I had a new passport with no stamps on it. So when I got to border control at Paris, they're like, where are you coming from? Where, <laughs> what, what country have you left? Because there was nothing on it, it was just brand new it was just blank. So I had to explain that, and then she wasn't too fast, in. But I thought, oh, here we go again. Cause Surely you're not the normally. first
2: Australian to fly into Paris. Surely they're encountering that all the time, and they just ask you just in case. don't know. You Dunno. would have to think, though, right? Maybe it's because where you were flying through from Doha.
1: Yeah, we oui, we oui. Je m'appelle uh, Jose. And then she was like, cool. And cool. Then yeah, through.
2: well, your French is obviously quite smooth and fluent, so. With it's, no it's accent fantastic.
1: at all. It's fantastic French. I think it was like I was there like after two days it was just I was all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so um got to Paris, uh drove into into the city. So we were we were pretty much in, in, in the heart of the city. It was like a fifteen minute walk to uh, uh the Louvre. So checked into our hotel, went for a little bit of a walk, then went back and um and just crashed, man. We were exhausted. Mm. And um yeah. So then we spent the next few days. You know, by by the next day we were, you know, feeling much better and um, had a lovely breakfast with, you know, lovely French croissants and um, baguettes, and it was just man, French. French
2: headed. were they French baguettes?
1: They were definitely French, with a touch of um, <coughs> Armenian and and possibly some, uh, I don't know, Nigerian um, yeah, baguette.
2: Yeah. Maybe Turkish and Italian baguettes as well.
1: P- possibly. There's definitely an element of African in it.
2: Mm. Um, It always blows my mind. I don't want to derail the conversation at all. When I see a map and I see how close Africa and Europe are, when I see how close they are, I shit my pants. I go, how are you pretending you're so different when you're literally next to each other? Africa and Europe are closer together than we are to Papua New Guinea. It's crazy. It's fucking insane it's the way they talk about africa in europe and in england when it's right there is the craziest thing on earth i never ever can reconcile it in my mind because of how much propaganda you get in your head because they talk about it being such a different place because it allows them to act like it's somewhere where they can be different from or differentiate from and exploit if they said yeah it's closer it's closer to us than Northern Queensland is to, to Sydney. Then you'd be like, oh, so why are you exploiting and saying all the people are different and going crazy? It's like, oh, we all come from Africa originally. It's so far away. It's just there. Of That's course, twenty they kilometers all come away. So,
1: it's twenty kilometers away. It's
2: it's ridiculous. It's one of the most ridiculous things on the planet. It is sorry. It is the most ridiculous thing of modern society and modern. I guess civilization is the inference that Africa is not literally right next to Europe the way they talk about it did you get that feeling growing up and if you did you do you understand what I mean when you look at a map and go wait Africa is just there
1: what I do remember is in most uh, atlases or, 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 or globes mm. Africa always looks a lot smaller than what it is yeah they In just proportion it. to <laughs> and the US is always a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, but all of that makes sense of course.
2: Oh yeah, they do that um, for a reason obviously.
1: So um so anyway, the Louvre. Yeah, that was sorry. the first thing we Yeah, sorry. I hit.
2: did derail, you go ahead.
1: And and man, that was that was amazing. Just so much stuff they got to see the Mona Lisa. That's probably the biggest uh biggest attraction there. What are your um, thoughts?
2: What are your immediate thoughts of the Mona Lisa besides the fact that the one I did's a little bit better?
1: Well, it's very small.
2: Mm.
1: I was more impressed with the huge Delacroix uh, paintings. So like the very famous uh, Napoleon ones. I think Hong on took some really good photos. I, I took a few too. I think I might have put them up on my face. Um, mm. uh, there's a very famous one, you know, uh, sort of um, uh, highlighting the uh, the moment with the French Revolution, stuff like that. And <coughs> yeah. Anyway, it's like massive paintings that like go from, from floor to, to ceiling. Yep. And he's standing They've there really like this. Good, yeah, yeah, like yeah, five meters like, tall. It's yeah. it's insane. Yeah, those giant paintings
2: those are very impressive. Vis- visually, when you're there, they're amazing. Yeah, it have taken years to
1: um, paint those things, and and he was very um, uh, he did a lot of a lot of work. So there was like one room that was just full of his stuff. Yeah, and they're all like massive paintings. So yeah, pretty cool. Louvre, the Louvre was cool. Checked out the um, Palace of Versailles. Walked um, around all the various gardens around in, in Paris. Got to see the the final stage of the Tour de France as well which was really cool talking through that um so the final stage of the tour de france which for um you know this year for grant thomas who was the yellow jersey uh winner the, um, Welsh, the welshman yeah, was thomas ceremonial so basically they they just you know cruise up and down mostly for the fans you know they get to enjoy that moment um there's always of course a, a sprint finish to try and win that stage that the sprinters. There was a, a six-man breakaway that went off at the start. Yep. Um, but the cool thing about being um, there is that you, you get, to, get to see them like nine times. So they were, you know, looping around. They did nine laps before they, before they finished the race. Um, so there was a big build-up to it. Uh, a lot of people um, gathering around that whole area, around the Champs-Élysées, the Louvre, the, um, uh, what's it called, the, the Triomphe?
2: Oh, um, Triomphe. So it's the only race you can go and watch where you see the riders more than once go past you.
1: Pretty much because every other other race, yeah, they're A to B. Yeah,
2: they just go past and they're done. Whereas you get to see them go past nine separate times. The whole the whole pack. Exactly. So if you had to pick one, it's basically like going to nine separate races in one (laughs) in one day.
1: Nine nine stages in one day, (laughs) in one stage. Um. So we were there for I reckon. Look, it was like six hours. How early
2: did you have to get there to get your spot?
1: So they didn't come past until like 6 p.m.
2: 6 p.m.? Is it that late there that they do yeah, it? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, we got there just before 12. I and never it's had that feeling. I, well, normally they go past a lot earlier. But for some reason this year, they had a late start. And I think it might have been because the previous stage was a lot further mm. from Paris than usual. So there was a longer you know, longer travel time for them. Yep. So they started later in the day and obviously finished later. Um, But, uh, you know, so at the beginning, I mean, yeah, we had to wait and stand around for a long time. But, I mean, you know, we were on holidays and we were in Paris and it was all very exciting. Oh, you're there. It's it's the tour.
2: Yeah. The atmosphere would have been getting better and thicker and heavier and nicer and, and you know, fuck it.
1: The the one annoying thing, though, was... Mm. We, we found this really good spot, but then we got moved by the police. The police started clearing and, and putting everyone behind the barricades. Typical. Um, so we got moved. And then the, um, uh, all the sponsors, they did like this big kind of procession of vehicles and throwing shit at uh, uh, like playing loud music and dances and promoting their products and stuff like that. Anyway, these big massive trucks like some kind of logistical group parked right in front of us and was blocking the view. And there was almost a, you know, it was almost like a little mini French Revolution right there because people were so pissed off at the, um, at them just blocking everything. So are they always ready
2: to revolt? The French are they always like? They (coughs) they would. They would. We will revolt against you.
1: Setting up guillotines and everything, (laughs) you know, getting ready. Um, So. So once they cleared the way and the peloton came through, so that French cyclist, Sylvain Chavanel, who like this was his last uh, tour and he's done, I don't know, like at least 10. So he went first and that was kind of cool because I've been seeing that dude on the telly for years. So seeing him ride on his own um, was uh, was just a cool thing to sort of watch in the flesh. And I I must've been like at least maybe three, four meters away from where the rider's. So, you know, really close. Um, what was your so biggest he went past. Oh
2: yeah, go on, go on.
1: But when, then the breakaway went through and there was about six of them and then the main peloton. And just as the main peloton was coming through, a um, six, six fighter formation just flew past on top with the, with the French colors and it was just perfect timing and just the roar of the, of the jets and on, got some really good photos of that too. Um, and Yeah, it was a very electrifying um, uh, just seen, man. It was, it was, it was cool. It was really, really cool.
2: What was the one takeaway? The one thing that stuck stuck out more than anything else from watching from the those, whole trip. No, no, not the whole trip. Just that race. Just sticking on the tour, seeing the actual riders in person. What did you look at and go, oh shit! I didn't think about this, but they are. What?
1: How fit they look. Mm. They look so lean, so fit. Yeah. That's. But but having said that, you could like the pace was was not as quick as I thought it would be, and I suspect it's because it's the last stage and they're absolutely smashed. Even the sprinters, Sagan was like he'd had like uh, a big crash. Yeah. And yep. uh and he he looked a lot slower. Like I was when you when you see them on TV, they look like fast and powerful. In the flesh, they just looked a lot. They looked human. <coughs> Mm. And I, and I suspect the other reason might be is because I think um, uh, doping is probably not quite as prevalent, or or maybe the the, the doping the controls that um, I think probably uh, <coughs> it means that they they can't use some of the crazy shit they used to use before, especially sure. you know going back ten years.
2: And those three weeks of two hundred kilometers a day don't help.
1: Yeah yeah it's just crazy it is crazy it is amazing isn't
2: it when you see a professional athlete in peak form in front of you in person there's something a little more than tv can ever convey Mm. there's a lot of a sort of animalisticness about them like a yeah you're like oh shit like you instinctually react and go oh that's that's what humans can look like
1: and oh, and the other thing, um, Nairo Quintana, mm-hmm. he is a little man. Yeah, he's
2: about five foot tall, right?
1: He looks, he looks small on TV and, he, and I knew he was little, but in the flesh. He's like a kid. He's, he's really, really small.
2: It's pretty funny. It's so
1: pretty funny. yeah, that was cool, man.
2: Did Enjoyed he have that. symbols when he was riding past going ding, 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 like a little monkey on a bike at a circus because he's so small. <laughs>
1: No, no, I think he—he uh, he didn't have that. No. he didn't. He didn't have them on the final stage. I think he he, he left them in the uh, in the team bus. <laughs> <boss.
2: laughs> he always leaves that shit on the bus. Okay, after the tour, what was next?
1: What did we do after the tour? Like the you've seen the sport, day? you've
2: seen the art. What did you do next?
1: Definitely did the food. Yeah. Um,
2: but top three things you ate when you were there.
1: Baguettes, French butter. Yeah. And pan de chocolate.
2: Mm.
1: Oh, Ridiculous.
2: Wait, no cheese? Cheese wasn't up there in the top uh, three?
1: Definitely got into the cheese, yeah. but n- not, the, as much we, we, not as much until we got to saint jean which is a, a small little medieval town about a 40-minute drive from Nice. So, nice. this is the French Riviera now. And we stayed in this little uh, medieval village that that I think I think that village was built somewhere like in the 12th century that's mm-hmm. so old like really really old and a lot of the original architecture is still there in fact probably most of it mm-hmm. um, and uh, we stayed in this uh, fantastic little little, little house uh, mm-hmm. with an amazing view and it, there was about a 15 minute walk down to the local shops and the local shops is basically um, just local produce so um, one of the things they produce in San Jeanette olive oil. Um, that's the other thing. Olive trees everywhere. They, they're, they're like eucalyptus trees here. They're just everywhere. Wow. Massive ones. Um, the cheese, ridiculous. The, um, the, the hams and, and the pasta was just uh, all fresh and amazing. Mm. We bought this um, artisan ravioli made by some local pasta maker and it was just delicious. And like these um, specially made tomato sauces. And oh, <laughs> dude, I could just go on forever. It was just amazing. Um, and the other cool thing, something that um, Joe Rogan mentioned on his podcast about how the like the wheat in in Europe is is a different strand, mm. um, not so. genetically modified. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't get any bloating or really? anything like that from any. No, no bloating.
2: So, are you maybe going to consider buying that flour now? And Using it in Canberra because you can import it. You can get it from certain stores. I know Bruno, who was sp- spoken about before, who's running, is going to have the delicatessen in Mawson. His mum makes all the pasta by hand using Italian flour. She gets all of her, her dairy and her, like all of her cheese, imported from mm. Italy because he's Italian. And he eats pasta every day and he never has any issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, an interesting
2: well, idea.
1: I'm sort of trying to get back into my, my um, eating routine anyway to sort of um, sort of lean up a bit and, and pass is not one of those things that helps all that much. But How much weight did you we put get. on? Uh, three and a half kilos, I think. Oh, is that it? Did you lose? Yeah. How much
2: muscle did you lose though?
1: Probably a fair bit.
2: So how much yeah. fat do you reckon you put on? Five?
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe.
2: You're looking very fat in the face, I have to say.
1: I'm fat as shit. I'm so fat.
2: <laughs> when you came on, I was like, "Where's Joe?"
1: Drinking wine. Where is Joe? Consuming large amounts of sugar, ice cream, all that. Mm, mm. Amazing. It was good. It was good.
2: Where was the best? ice Italy. Cr- where was the best ice cream?
1: Um, best ice cream was in Italy. Mm-hmm. Lots of places. Talk me through it. Pretty much all the ice cream there is good. Went to uh, Florence. So we went, once we finished that at Saint Jeanette, yeah, got got to got to walk around nice went to monaco as well that was pretty cool yep. actually just on monaco um because you know how they do the formula one race there every do year do i ever what is insane is that you, you walk around those streets and they're tiny little streets yeah they're like kind of like walking through like your street like yeah. they're just small yeah and you know obviously um just during the 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 the, the non f1 season um you know, very busy and a lot going on, a lot of cars and stuff like that. But then when you actually watch the F1 race, they actually set up the race on those, on those roads. Those exact same roads. That's and nuts, they're flying past at, you know, ridiculous speeds. It's just, uh, it's crazy. So it's a bit weird. Like you're there and you're like, oh, is this it sort of thing? Because mm. um, it doesn't look all that special. But uh, yeah, even, I don't know if you saw the video of, I put this video up on my Facebook of um, just being in front of the Monaco Casino which, and the F1 cars actually go through there. And that's just a car park, like, full of, you know, fancy, very expensive cars. You know, Bentleys, Rolls-Royce, Ferraris, Lambos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was all pretty cool to see those things in the flesh. They also had, you know, the smart car? And when I saw it, I, I thought of you. Yes. They have, like, this insane race version of it. And I don't know if it's something that smart car make out of the factory, but there were all these little modified smart cars driving around the, the city. So the four two,
2: like yeah, this. the Brabus editions, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with with big brakes and yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Because the, the when fo- when they did release the uh, the Brabus four, you mean the two door one, right? The four two, mm. yeah. yeah. So like the four four is essentially a Mitsubishi Colt. It's the same car. My car apparently has smart car branding on some of the parts because it's the same vehicle same as the the Mercedes A200 was the exact same car as well so there were three cars the smart 4.4 the smart 4.4 Brabus edition and the Mitsubishi Colt Rally Art and the uh, Mercedes A200 Turbo were all identical they had the same Mitsubishi these, turbocharged engine in it all that stuff
1: these were electric
2: Oh so the new ones obviously had a different yeah, technology to 2006 definitely but
1: fully electric little modified sports vehicles that's pretty so it's like cool. an electric like a little mini uh, electric supercar yeah that's because they had cool. big body kits and bits of bits of carbon fiber and and you know mm. big brakes and stuff like that so
2: well yeah. i have seen i saw a, a smart 42 back in the day that had a blow off valve because they were all turbo back in the day they were like 600 600 cc one point uh, three cylinder turbos, yeah. The original four twos, and you could tune them, you could just put a bigger turbo on them and tune them. And then put a blow. I remember this little one with a body kit on used to go up and down the place in McGregor here. And when he's going, psh, psh. it's quite funny, quite funny to watch because it would just whip around the corners and go everywhere. They obviously are like a little go kart. Little two-seater, they weigh 700 kilos max.
1: Yeah, they, they weigh nothing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I and don't be, know who Max a, is.
1: Yeah. And the electric ones, you know, with all the ridiculous torque that you get from an uh, an electric motor. Oh. Yeah, they were, they were just zipping around the place. But yeah, it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, that is um cool. So then we took a Hold train Hold on quickly. what was the coolest
2: car you saw? You saw a bunch of supercars. What was the number one that you saw and went, oh, oh wow.
1: The yellow Lamborghini Aventador SVR. The, which is yeah. that's the new one? Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, what is eight hundred horsepower? I think it is, and super, super light, and yeah.
2: Let me just make a sound for that. <sighs> Go <laughs> yeah. on.
1: Yeah, just the uh, discord, just is the nuts, work of art.
2: Yeah. It's not seeing cars like that in person. Yesterday, in um, I was in Western Western Creek, shot um Coolman Court, putting up some posters for Floating Moon, and I saw. I don't know why it was there, but outside the pet barn, opposite on the other side of the road, what's the Mercedes supercar called? Mm, it's, a, it's, it's a two door. It's wide as hell. It's it's it just has the craziest. It looks like a, a almost like a cartoon what? version of a normal Mercedes.
1: Not a GT. It might have the been GT. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna Is look it up. There's a few.
2: Yeah, it was a GT. It was a, a jet black GT. Oh, in person. I was like, oh, that's too wide to be a car. Yeah. It's, it's too everything. Like, everything about it. I was like, that is... Yeah, it was one of those.
1: Sorry, where did you see that?
2: In Western Creek.
1: With ACT plates on it? Yeah. Bastard.
2: It was... Insane, yeah. It was it was definitely this car that I'm showing you right now over the over the video camera thing.
1: That is yeah. The that's, car. A, that's 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 oh, the GT. Yep.
2: What are the specs on that thing? It looked fake. I looked at it. V- and I'm like, oh yeah, that's not a real car. That's too. That looks too cool. You have to. That, what do you do with that?
1: So pretty sure that's a twin turbo V8. Um, 350
2: grand AMG GT R. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as I was filming that video, I don't know if you noticed, if you you saw that uh, G-Wagon, you know, those G63 wagons drove past. I didn't
2: see that one. I'll have to have a look back at the video.
1: So, so that one here is about 300 grand as well or more. It's... 350 grand.
2: It's wild. It's wild.
1: It's wild. Yeah. So, seeing those cars was pretty awesome. Then we, then we walked around the corner of that casino and, and had a little bit of uh, ice cream as well, which was, was really nice. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, and the weather, man, European summer was just the whole weather, the whole time we were there was, was really, really good.
2: Good shit, um, good
1: shit. So I had a fantastic time. When
2: did you get back? How long have you been back for?
1: Got back on last Saturday night, 8.30pm, we arrived in Canberra, shock to the system. It was freaking freezing. In fact, that night it snowed over here. And when we arrived in Sydney, Sydney was was just nice, mild weather. It was Mm. was totally comfortable, not cold at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when we got the camera and it was just boom, smack in the face.
2: (laughs) A couple of questions. You know when you get right back into your house, how is it the smell of your house? And you're like, oh yeah, this is what my house smells like. You're only away for a bit of, of like two weeks and you're home did you get that feeling
1: I think my mom had cooked something <laughs> so I think it's so it, it just smelled like nice cooking okay Okay. Um, I think that, that that's a that's a question that would be more interesting for my dogs if they could speak English and give you a response well
2: that was the next question Cause, obviously cause they went nuts you and your wife hung on walk in the door your your mother has been cooking Nancy your father has been um, gambling and smoking cigars, as usual, and shooting clay pigeons in the backyard, and digging that tunnel that he's digging. No, I don't know. I don't know. Playing guitar and hanging out. Um, I don't know. What was the number one thing when you got home that you thought, oh, it's good to be home? Because of what? The dogs? Or
1: well, my parents? Um, well, yeah. Seeing my parents, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yes. That goes without saying. Sure. And then, yeah, the dogs.
2: How did they respond?
1: Um Oh, that went crazy. Yeah. They they were w- tails were wagging. Was <laughs> um, <laughs> <just> very <laughs> excited, jumping all over us and yeah. Yeah. Very excited. They didn't do any wee though. I think when my usually when my parents go overseas and they come back, they either Rocky or Rose, they, they wee themselves. Oh. In fact, when we did that when we did that podcast with 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 Alf, yeah. The last one we did. Yeah. So as soon as Rocky saw Alf cuz Alf hadn't been over in mm. a few months, yeah, Rocky Weed himself.
2: Maybe if the people are away for longer, they assume they're dead. Maybe you guys were only gone for about two weeks, so they're like, "Oh yeah, they're probably coming back. They're probably coming back." Whereas if you're gone for a month or two, or six weeks, You'll
1: probably just forget until they smell you again.
2: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: So yeah, it's, it's good to be good to be back home. Planning, planning the next one as well. Hongan's very excited about planning the next one. Where's the next too. one going to be? So they're... Um, the moon? Especially my dad too. Spain.
2: The Spain. S- España?
1: Spain, France.
2: Spain? And what,
1: I, what I'd what i be keen on doing is taking my road bike. and. Um, How
2: much does it cost to take your bike over there?
1: doesn't really cost anything other than just making sure you've got a decent case that you can use to protect your bike. Uh, during travel.
2: What are the risks? Do you insure it? Surely.
1: Well, I've got... Well, you get travel insurance, right? Yeah. And and my, my bikes are insured already. Yeah. So um, travel insurance presumably would, would cover that should would, there be a problem. You would want to check
2: because your bikes are not... throwaways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But look, lots of people do it, right? Yeah. So I'm sure all of that stuff is you a fairly standard.
2: I'm sure there are ways to do it. Yeah, you could definitely get online and find out how other people do it and then copy that kind of behavior for sure. But
1: what's, um, what's appealing is uh, basing yourself out, say, kind of like the place we stayed at in, in, in saint Jeanette, And because you're in Europe, you know, you could ride to however many cities, on like do day trips, you know, ride out to, from, say, Nice to Marseille. And then ride back on the day or you ride that? there and then I'm you just the catch distances. a train 100 f- somewhere within 100 k's yeah yeah. or maybe so not not that much so you're riding up fa- and down the france coast isn't it's beautiful
2: th- france is not as big as we think it is is it no it's not as big as we think it is how interesting
1: and if you were in like say spain the coast as well you could you know ride into france if you wanted to so that that's what i'm kind of thinking would be a a nice thing to do
2: yeah that is cool would your wife take a bike also or just hire one over there
1: don't know if she's um probably i don't know if she's as keen as me i think no hang
2: on i think you do know if she's as keen as you on buying bikes (laughs)
1: Yeah I uh yeah I don't reckon she'd be down for that I think she'd just prefer to just kick back and and relax.
2: Yeah. Eat mad yeah, food. Chill out. Yeah.
1: So that was the trip. It's good to be home. Looking forward to this winter being over. Went out for a ride this morning. Freezing to
2: um, this weekend.
1: With my man Vic and it was this ridiculous headwind. And uh I think by the time we were finished I was like yeah um looking forward to just sitting down and and having some breakfast because it's cold
2: Mm -hmm. it is very cold me this morning i woke up at 7 30 decided um i'm gonna sleep for a bit longer before i give the dogs their breakfast slept until nine got up and gave camille her thyroxine medicine for her thyroid condition and i said i'll give them breakfast in a minute I didn't give them breakfast for like another hour and a half. They didn't care. They were fine. They were just sleeping. I didn't really get back to sleep. I kept on trying to get back to sleep because I wanted to catch up on sleep. I didn't get out of bed till like one. I was messaging back and forth with good friend Rafa, friend of the podcast, Rafael Flores, about the floating moon extravaganza comedy experience and organizing stuff. And it just I just didn't get back to sleep. And then my dad came over to borrow some gardening shears and so I stayed up. Not borrow, take back, because they're actually his gardening shoes. Because I don't buy stuff, I just borrow it off my dad. And so, yeah, he came by, I showed him a couple of the promo videos for, the, for, the floating, for floating Moon. Then I made myself a butter coffee, uh, got dressed, took the dogs out for about an hour and a half stroll around the place. Um, maybe just a little over an hour. Did my rehearsal... For my set, my half hour set. Most of it's pretty locked down, except for maybe the taxi surgery bit is a little bit loose, but maybe that's a good thing to have some of it because a lot of it's very much rehearsed. So maybe having some less rehearsed moments might be okay. I don't know. That's probably me being lazy. I probably should rehearse it down to the point and then just learn to be more relaxed with it. We'll see. But
1: uh, maybe you need to do one of the tank sessions this week before the show
2: god i wish i had time to do that uh we're going to be shooting some of the other one of the other two of the other very very talented um well there's three of them there's three three very talented one who's very practiced at uh stand-up comedy two who are great performers in their own right uh anu students who are being part of the floating moon experience james mcmahon who's the stand-up comedian and then al thorne who's a very talented writer and performer who directed the ANU Law Review which I saw last night which was very good and then there's Laura Emerson who unfortunately has had to pull out because she's had some some stuff come up that's made it impossible for her to her to perform but I saw her she produced and acted in the women's review ANU Women's Review and it is very good but they're going to help me film a little ad that we're going to put together with one week to go we're gonna put it on social media and try and share it that little skit that sort of refers like a viral marketing skit type thing that james has been good enough to write write for us so i'm going to be shooting that editing that and trying to get that up as soon as possible and we're possibly going to shoot that today but he's just going to wrangle all the cast so it might be tomorrow night after work that we'll shoot that and then edit all through the night to get it up by Tuesday and get it shared around the place on social media. So God yeah, a float tank sounds great. <laughs> but I do need to do those though. I still am going to do those. And I'm gonna hold them to their word where they said there's no time limit on these vouchers. So
1: help with the creativity. So you need that. You need um you need to start smoking weed. <laughs> and
2: Joe, you know the you, one thing I do not need is help with creativity. I need help with time management.
1: You, you need... You also <laughs> I'm need constantly
2: to, high and I need something to make me less high, not the other way around.
1: You need to start getting into some alpha brain. <laughs> uh, you need to start doing mushrooms. Which too.
2: Joe am I talking to? <laughs> <laughs> because all of the things you're talking about seem to give advantages and things that I already have too much of. I need the opposite. A, I need... The opposite. What? What the opposite of mushrooms are? I need to eat carrots that make you more, like attention to detail. I need things that allow me to plan for one thing at a time instead of trying to fit ten things into the day when I can only do seven.
1: Chris, it's entirely possible. That (laughs) I believe
2: it's entirely possible. (laughs) You just haven't thought about.
1: I love Rogan, man. Speaking of Rogan, Speaking I've been of. trying to listen to his last couple of podcast episodes and they say they're unavailable. Which ones? On iTunes. Which ones? On iTunes. Like the last three? The last one I heard what was- What are the last like three? Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin was I've the, the, the last one that I was having. Have you got the latest
2: version of iTunes?
1: Yeah. Well, my phone keeps itself up to date, right? So. Does yeah,
2: it? Yeah, I don't know what's going do you on. Just, do you just so, leave it automatically updating?
1: Tenth of August, Jimmy Dore, Henry Rollins, none of those work. So Doug Duran and okay, Brian listen Richards. listen to this. To Wrapped up, like we were like there for like five, six weeks or something. So what uh, episode's that? That's
2: Macaulay Culkin playing.
1: Yeah, so that works. Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah, none of the other ones work. I don't know what's going on.
2: Um, I've listened to the Henry Rollins one.
1: The Jimmy Dore's not working. Maybe I need to.
2: Have you restarted your phone recently? Henry Rollins oh, well, is working. It's working. Henry Rollins is a great episode. That's working. No. Jimmy Dore, I just I listened to it. today. They're all working. Just restart your phone. I have. Have you double checked yeah, to see if there's like a system update that you haven't done?
1: Yeah, I've checked all of that stuff. Okay. I think I think maybe I need to um, maybe remove the podcast and re-add it perhaps. Maybe. I
2: don't, I don't know. Maybe just try and there's other ways to listen to it. Just listen to it through a different way those episodes if the other episodes still work who cares listen to it through soundcloud or
1: yeah i just i guess i haven't really looked into alternatives because i just like the convenience of um yeah
2: don't know have you ever thought Um, about the fact that the word alternative if you split it in two says alter native so you're altering the natives (laughs) so there's a native situation which is the normal the there's a few of those the words the thing that's from there and then we're changing it and we just say oh alternative 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 music alternative cooking alternative comedy
1: speaking of comedy uh, or, or, or continuing our conversation on comedy mm-hmm. um, Who is America? Sacha Baron Cohen's uh, new show
2: I haven't seen a minute of it
1: is insane
2: I'm still going to watch it but I'm going to watch it after The Floating Moon <laughs> What are you thinking of it? No spoilers.
1: Well, look, some of it is really, really funny. Some of it is just—it's just so crazy that I—that I—it's—it's uh, it's not funny. It's just wow, like that's just nuts. Mm. Um, I guess uh, I think the way that I described it to you when I mentioned it, it was—I think uh, i think I said like Bruno on steroids, like just you know turned up about. Times a thousand. Yeah, it's totally nuts. But good. It's funny he's that, a
2: that he's gone back to doing that type of show. Obviously, he's had a few failed movies since then.
1: I haven't watched The Dictator.
2: I've bought a copy that? of it and I haven't watched it yet. From all reports, it's got some funny moments, but it's not a very good movie. I believe that. But I need to see it for myself, obviously. But I think he tried to. He was going to be in. I think he got more disillusioned by the whole film world and the way it works. He was going to play Freddie Mercury in the Freddie Mercury biopic. But you know what happened?
1: Mad. Nah, the he actually looks like Freddie. Mercury. He looks
2: like him. He's a great actor. It would have been spectacular. You know I what happened? A lot more
1: like the guy they actually picked.
2: The existing members of Queen insisted that Freddie Freddie dies halfway during the film and that the movie is about Queen, not about Freddie because they're all just Uh. as important as he is. The most delusional, every single band that you hear about is like that. It's like, oh, you don't get it. Like, In Excess, Queen, all of them. You guys might be super talented. You have not had a hit since that person died. That's not an accident. You guys don't matter the way the band mattered because that person mattered but they're all so bitter, so just blind to reality. They're like, we wrote the songs too. Sure you did, but there was a unicorn in front of your band and they were the reason you guys were mega stars. As soon as they died, you get to keep touring, playing the songs that they, that person, the dead person sang for you. Let the movie just be starring him about him. If it's super successful, Make a sequel about you touring the world, disgracing the name of your old lead singer, making money, staying rich by singing songs, getting someone else to fill in and sing the songs for you. It's, ah, it makes me, it doesn't make me angry. It's just shitty that that movie would have been great and now it's not gonna be. But how many movies are there now? The list is endless of movies that you don't get to watch because someone fucked it up with their ego or ulterior motives.
1: Terminator.
2: Exactly. Although Terminator 3 is coming out. James Cameron making Terminator 3.
1: Yeah, the remake. You know what I was watching? Um...
2: Well, it's the remake. It's the first one. <laughs> the others don't I
1: exist. Well, uh, I was sitting down chilling at home earlier this afternoon drinking a latte. Mm-hmm. Watching Dread.
2: Oh yeah, I watched that about a week ago. It's amazing.
1: I think that's like the maybe the third time I've seen it. Yeah. And it, it, I enjoyed it this time around than previous um, yeah. screenings of it it's a fantastic movie it, it
2: bears repeating it gets better with time the more you see yeah. it. there's a lot of detail and a lot of good stuff in it
1: uh, there isn't like a single bad thing about it like I was mm. actually trying to pick annoying things like t- just from, from, the, from, the, from the comic book mm. and they stay so true to, to that world quick it's question
2: mm. comic book films are everywhere is that the best comic book film that's come out in this latest like, oh my good, comic book films are everywhere.
1: Era. I would say so.
2: I can't think that's of one that's better.
1: A, that's not a popular um, opinion though. I suspect most people would probably say like Deadpool or... Which I really like, mm. uh, the first one at least. I haven't seen um, that yet. Dread came out in 2012. Deadpool, I think, came out after. Deadpool's yeah. really good. Mm. Uh, Infinity War is really good. Two. Yep. So but
2: What's your number one comic book film of all time?
1: It's, it's probably got to be dread. But it's that good. Like after after watching it today, I'm thinking back, yeah, it's just it's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Mine's probably eighty nine Batman, Keaton Nicholson, mm. Bassinger. I that can't was go past Tim, that. Tim Burton. What's his face? Yeah. Yeah, Tim Burton. I can't go past that. That because that to me is not just a comic book film. That's as good i mean dread is like that too dread is just a film it it sort of goes outside of the oh these are comic book films it's so what's the worst comic book film you've seen
1: oh god there's a few of those
2: the phantom that's the answer (laughs) for everyone even if they haven't seen it do you you want to know why
1: who played the phantom
2: billy zane and it wasn't his fault but let me tell you this What is the number one thing that you never see in the Phantom comics? His face. Ever. He never takes his mask off. Whenever he's a human, he's got a hat and thick sunglasses on. You never see his eyes. You never know what he looks like. In the first five minutes of that movie, (laughs) they show his face and it's pretty much all his face for the whole film. They shot it at Movie World on the Gold Coast and it looks like they shot it at Movie World on the Gold Coast. It's so bad. And the only reason it's probably not the worst one ever is because there are so many other bad movies. There are so many ones I haven't even seen.
1: Yeah, there's, there's plenty. I think most of them, most of the comic films fail to really yeah, just depict the world. Mm. accurately enough at least not in the way that I imagined them yeah. in my head Dread does a good job of that yeah. and that's probably the main reason why and Carl Urban like the perfect oh. Dread well there's great, great
2: acting all the way through the film every actor you can see all the South Africans putting on American accents but it's still good
1: <laughs> The they're going to make okay so I think from what I've read just very recently yeah. they were thinking of making a sequel and, and there was a massive petition
2: was, I signed it And tried everything. I bought multiple copies of it. Yeah.
1: And um, I don't think they're going to make the movie. Instead, they're settling for a TV show. Netflix, right? Um, Netflix or Amazon, one of the two. Mm -hmm. Um, Carl Urban's on board. And they're just finalizing the agreements. When they actually start filming and releasing it, yet to be determined. But they've apparently written two seasons of it and they're intending to do at least six.
2: Is it going to be done like Blomkamp is still on board? Like his his because it was his team. Like you know why it looks like Elysium and District Nine and all that is because they shot it in South Africa using his crew.
1: Andrew Garland's involved. Oh, he is because he wrote the screenplay for. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's done lots of good stuff. Yeah. Um. He's he's brilliant. So so yeah, um, and it's going to be based all on the on the 2000 AD. Series and there's just so much. Material oh, so much there.
2: material. That'd be great if they just released six seasons, ten episodes each, an hour per episode, basically five five films per per season, but within a bigger overarching storyline, overarching, yeah. overarching, 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 overarching. Be good. It'd be good to see.
1: Looking forward to that.
2: Mm. You know what I think stops a lot of comic book films carrying the spirit of the comic. Aside from being different from the comic? I think uh, it's... tedious. Yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. Hol- Hollywood? Comics are very much one or two people's vision pushing through. And these movies are 30 people getting input. And you lose all of that clarity and all of that vision. They become cloudy, you know? Inconsistent.
1: Well, they like to play it safe, man. I mean, they... they know, money. Yeah what it comes down to um
2: money and agendas and all of that stuff yeah
1: but then again these things like when it's done properly they're usually successful
2: oh well they're successful so take, as a piece of runner. art i think they worry about the success of them as a piece of propaganda also
1: well look at blade runner yeah um, they were concerned with it because you know, i think it only just broke even after the first couple of weeks but now it made what like half a billion dollars or something I think like it's that made
2: a lot because it stayed in theaters and obviously it's sold a lot of blu-rays i don't think people realize it's still full price months now months and months later we saw that how long it's ago did we see that so
1: good uh 18 months maybe
2: no it's nowhere. it's not over a year
1: no i think it has been dude it'd be a year let me look it, up the it real was that what are you when are definite, you saying was? last summer 18 months Early last year? No. no, Or late the year before?
2: I'm saying September last year. Blade Runner 2019. 2049, sorry. Release date. It came out 5th of October last year in Australia.
1: Feels like like ages ago. It
2: does, doesn't it? I've had it on Blu-ray for a while. I remember it didn't... It had to have been that late though as well to an extent because I wanted to buy a copy and take it to the Northern Territory to show Anna and it didn't... It wasn't available to buy at that point. So it's only just become available to buy March, April, May, possibly.
1: Dennis Wilner... Well,
2: that's the reason it's good. Let's be real there. He is... Such a good director. He's one of the few directors who can make films starring actors I don't like and I still like the film. Like Arrival, I don't like that pumpkin-headed absolute loser. What's his name?
1: Jeremy Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, yeah.
2: I don't buy him. Every single film I see him in, I just see this little pumpkin-headed... He looks like his head's made out of a pumpkin and he acts like it. And I'm like, oh, Pumpkin. And he acts and I'm like, oh, I hate you. But that movie is still, I still like it. It's a great movie. Takes a lot.
1: So his next film,
2: Dune. Is is that his next film definitely? Or are you you doing one before?
1: I have no idea actually.
2: Let me check. Um, Let me check.
1: Dennis Villeneuve, so this is March 2018, says his Dune adaptation will be two films, maybe more. Good, (gasps) good. The director also says he expects production to take two years.
2: Yeah. Okay, so...
1: That is good.
2: Upcoming projects, June and Cleopatra. June is in production. The screenplay has been written by Eric Roth, who has written The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. Munich. Ali. Ali. The Insider, The Horse Whisperer, The Postman, Forrest Gump, Mr. Jones, Memories of Me. Oh, he wrote, so, guess what? He was the uncredited writer of 1979's The Onion Field. So, it'll be okay now. That's good. Oh. He so, was, they're,
1: all, they're all big movies. The Drowning Pool. Ali. He
2: was the uncredited ghostwriter on that. Yeah, he's I done a lot of big was, films.
1: Yeah. Ali was brilliant. Um...
2: I brilliant know you say he brilliant. was brilliant, but <laughs> do you really know? <laughs> do you stand there not thinking about how brilliant it is? I can't do that voice anymore. He's I
1: think a voice. lot of that has to do with the fact that Michael Mann made those movies and he's, he's, a, he's a boss too.
2: Mm. Well, he gets to use his vision. So if you like his vision, at least it's a single vision. It's not a, He's a big enough name to not let too many people... Get in there and thicken him up. Yeah, so Villeneuve has cast Angelina Jolie to play Cleopatra in the film he's making oh God. after Dune.
1: Why her? That's not believable. But I guess you need a, a big name. You
2: definitely got to cast a big name white person for a Hollywood make, version of make, Cleopatra. You can't cast to get the Egyptian. Get everything. Like, you're not going to get anything without... Like, if you cast an unknown Egyptian actress. <laughs> Although, you know who they could have cast? The girl who was in The Mummy, because I think she's actually got Egyptian blood. Do you know who I'm talking about? The new version of The Mummy? What was her name? No. Nah. Look her up. I'll tell you who it is. I'll tell you the name, and you just look up her name. Sophia Butella. Do you know who she is? Nope. Look her up. She would have been... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was in... Um... Cleopatra. Can you she was in Kingsman. She was in a lot of stuff. She was in, yeah.
1: You seen Kingsman? No. That is good, man. It's just like a crazy bond. Like a crazy action bond. That's how I feel when I watch that movie. Yeah. It's just it's just a crazy, crazy movie. I actually watched the um I hadn't seen the, the sequel to that, but I watched that on the plane on the way home. That was that was good.
2: Yeah. I wonder yeah. if Sophia Pitteller Re- is that. a rich kid. Do you reckon she is? Well, she looks like a model. She's Algerian. She looks like a model in a lot of photos. And then sometimes she looks like the woman... Who's the oldest daughter out of um, the Cosby show? Or the second oldest? Lisa Bonet, crossed with... um, Who's the guy out of... Jason Statham. (laughs) She looks like a cross between Lisa Bonet and Jason Statham in some photos.
1: I thought you were going to suggest that Jason Statham... Should play Cleopatra.
2: That would be um, a talented casting. That would be a beautiful talent um, casting decision. Early life. She's Algerian, daughter of jazz musician Safi Boutella. Her mother is an Algerian architect. She started classical dance education when she was five. At the age of ten, in ninety-two, she left Algeria with her family and moved to France, where she started rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics and joining the French national team at age eighteen. Wow.
1: They should get Gal Gadot to play Cleopatra.
2: Her father is a... (laughs) That would would be
1: fantastic for Egyptian-Israeli relations.
2: I want to get... Who's the... I can't think of anybody's name. I must be exhausted. I'm usually better with names and I can't think of a single name. They should get...
1: Barbara Streisand. No,
2: no, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. The film is going to be called Cleopatra Nights and it's going to star Paul Giamatti as Cleopatra.
1: Cleopatra 2049.
2: 2049. Starring Paul Giamatti as Cleopatra.
1: Cleopatra.
2: Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Cleopatriarchy.
1: Who's going to play Mark Antony?
2: Jeremy Renner. (laughs) Directed by Vili Deneneuve. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So you asked me what I've been doing the last three weeks, four weeks since the last podcast. I've been sick a lot of it. I had the flu for a little bit.
1: Uh, well, you were sort of recovering from the nastiness that you picked up just before as I was before I was leaving. Mm,
2: yeah. and I got sick again. Uh, what yeah. else I've been doing? I've been. Practicing my comedy stuff, I've been walking the dogs, Camille's had a bit of a limp, hopefully she's okay now, she had an ear infection, organising a lot of Floating Moon stuff, doing a lot of stand-up comedy night, open mics, and also I was lucky enough to get asked to do a night at Polite Bar in Manica, where I got to do 10 minutes as a support act, which was very fun. Had that Yeah, I thought it went really well, it went, I was really happy with it. Um... I've got two types of material. One is I tell jokes like the joke about um, being in a fantasy league and then finding out it's a sexual fantasy league and then still coming second and about becoming that, a dressmaker that, but not seeming that right go down. for the job. Yeah, those <laughs> jokes kill. I mean, not kill. I, I don't want to say. I don't like that language. I don't like calling comedians monsters or killers or anything like that. I just think it was a funny joke and people laughed at it. But that kind of stuff I've got a lot more of those types of jokes. I could write those jokes exclusively, but I don't like the type of comedian I am if that's all I do. I really like my long stories, which overall are a joke within... The overall story is a joke, but it's more of a concept, which I find that is growingly funny the more you listen to it. So it starts out with an interesting premise and then goes off the rails. Like I start talking about how lots of kids have died because of the anti-vaccination movement and then i start out with galactic dom end up with galactic domination i like seeing how i get from my a to point a to point b or naming crocodiles and then like a crocodile romance between a crocodile and an alligator or performing surgery in the back of a maxi taxi i like the or just an absurd, something weird I like the idea of doing stuff I haven't heard anyone ever do before Even if it's not quite as laugh out loud funny I think it might stick in people's minds more Does that make sense?
1: It does Experimental
2: Yeah, I want to do something new And maybe that's arrogant But I think it's also fun and it's scary And I like doing that So A-
1: Arrogant, self-indulgent
2: Yeah, I guess that's what comedy is, right? Well, Getting up on stage and being like, look at me!
1: Yeah, but you can play it safe. And it may not be as interesting or rewarding for you well, to go back,
2: Yeah, to go back to the, the other night, I did the first four minutes telling jokey jokes, which I like. They're still funny. I still like those jokes. I've, they're still very much my type of joke as well. But I did four minutes of that and then I talked about leaving babies at the garbage tip for six minutes. And there's no punchlines in that, really. So I don't get as many laughs in the second half of that set, but I think it still goes okay. And people afterwards tell me I feel bad about that, and then a few people afterwards go, yeah, that went all right. I go, okay, cool. I'll keep doing that. But it's, it's an interesting game to play because I feel like I could play it safer and do a lot more jokey jokes, but I don't want to. We'll see. We'll see how we go on Friday when I'm doing... I've got about five minutes of Jokey Jokes and then the rest of it. Then about 20, 20, 20-ish minutes of absurdity and then about another song at the end, which is crazy to finish off. So, a bit of a sing-along.
1: So, you got the show on Friday night. Have you got anything lined up for the weekend as well? Any other shows?
2: Nothing on the weekend. I've got an open mic night this Tuesday at the Phoenix, which is going to be fun. Uh, not sure what I'm going to do there I might do taxi surgery I might learn something new I probably shouldn't do something new leading into the floating moon but we'll see if I've got I probably won't have time to learn anything new because we're probably going to be shooting that ad the online ad tomorrow night if we don't if we shoot it we can't shoot it Tuesday because I'll be doing open mic then so yeah look uh, Tuesday night is all I've got this week before Friday. So I'll see what I see what I feel like doing. I'll just do something from the half an hour, probably, and I'll take a bunch of flyers and tell people who are there to come along to Floating Moon. Put up a few more posters during the week, especially as we get closer to the day. Thursday, around lunchtime, I'm on the radio. Um, Art Sound FM, I need to check with my supervisor at work, whether I can take an early lunch to go to that and get there. Um, that should be okay, I hope. Um, then Friday I'm on ANU radio pr- promoting it and that should be fun too um,
1: did you tell Alf? I think Alf Alf knows about it he
2: said he's interested on the uh, on Facebook I'm sure I've told him maybe I haven't he'll listen to this and go you never told me you bastard
1: Yeah, I in which case Alf
2: I apologise I should have told you
1: it wasn't immediately obvious where to get the tickets from as well
2: I should have asked Alf if he wanted to volunteer and be involved. Alf, if you're listening to this now, are you interested in um being a part of the show and like triggering lights or sounds or anything like that? Or triggering the videos? If you are, hit me up. I might send you a message separately anyway, mentioning that I mentioned it here, but I just didn't I didn't think cuz you're obviously very he's obviously very good at that stuff. So he's very techy yep. and computery, so I actually can't think of anyone better and all volunteers get an amazing floating black floating moon t-shirt to wear on the night and keep for the rest of their life.
1: Al's got plenty of experience with the sound stuff as well, so...
2: Yeah. 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 God, I'm an idiot. Thinking, Shoot can him be a
1: message.
2: I'm going to shoot him a message right after this.
1: Dude, I'm going to go get some dinner because I'm hungry. I
2: was going to say, you look hungry. We should finish, wrap this up. We should. I was thinking cool. we should go for another two hours, but... If you're going to be hungry, there's no fucking point. What do you got coming up this week?
1: Well, no jiu-jitsu because I'm resting my shoulder b- because my rotator cuffs are, s- uh, are a bit sprained. And if it's not feeling any better by the end of this week, I think it's, I, th- I, think my, my brain is telling me it's feeling better, but we'll see. Um, yeah. I'll probably go see a physio, get it checked out. Um, just getting back into the training routine. My dietary uh, regime and um, and then, yeah, start uh, getting my fitness back up. Yeah. Uh, start to lose a uh, bit of weight, trim up, and um, yeah. What are you there's weighing a, right there's now? There's a coast. Uh, what's
2: that? What do you weigh right now?
1: Oh, I think like 76, 76. And 76
2: kilos, time. and you want to get down back to 71, 72?
1: 70, 71, yeah. So a bit of work to do. Lose it gradually between now and the end of the year, and I'll be happy.
2: Cool. Cool.
1: Cool. All right, man. We'll wrap it
2: up. We'll and, wrap it up. Um, we'll maybe do another one of these midweek if we have time. Otherwise,
1: or post show. I'll see post the floating moon.
2: Yeah, on the weekend afterwards. Hopefully that weekend, I don't have anything on. I can come out see you and the wife in person and the dogs. Yep. Go out for a spin in the Mazda. How's the Mazda?
1: The Mazda's good fun, man.
2: Mm, so jealous yeah. of that car, dude. Probably, you know Definitely what? Go on.
1: Bettered in that engine. So it gets driven the way that it needs to be driven. I am. On a daily basis.
2: More jealous of that car. You've had a lot of cool cars. I'm more jealous of that car than any other car you've ever had. By far. It's the one car where I wanted to buy one myself. And then without even talking to you about it, you went and got one as well. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious it still shocks me that you did because there's so many cars out there but you were like yes that's what i want to i want to go look at and, and get a hold of it's a beautiful machine i just and love my the garage it.
1: is is almost done as well oh, so yeah. i can park it in there
2: yeah tell you what yeah, it's spe- there right spe- now. speaking of cars i finally got i ordered him some Ferodo ds 2500 racing brakes and got those back on my car because the brakes were running low so I've just bedded those in, 500 kilometers of driving safe on them and now I can drive like a wild man again, which is fun, as usual. Got driving
1: them on the road is one thing, but driving on a track is quite another. Mm. And I mentioned to you earlier this week that um, I'm organizing a track day for London Raceway, yeah. which is about a two and a half hour drive from here. It's a new track, privately built. Apparently, it's on a, it's on a farm, like a Nolly farm, um, so, for anyone that's interested, look it up, London Raceway. Um, so,
2: let me tell you one thing da- about that. I'm terrified of that. I'm so scared. Of, I'm scared of it. I'm scared of racetracks. I'm scared of something happening.
1: Love racetracks.
2: I know that. I love them, but I'm scared of them. So we can talk about that it's more. It's fun. Talk about, we can explore my fear more. But I've, I have a deep fear of something bad happening on a racetrack. It,
1: it's uh, it's so much fun. It's it's a lot safer much safer around a racetrack than um than on the road
2: oh well, obviously doing those things it's safer yeah definitely but i still have it probably irrational fear of the whole thing but we can talk the about
1: only that yeah i think the main the main thing with on a racetrack on an open day like that is the crowd so as long as you have a mature and sensible crowd other people on the track then then you're fine um but yeah i think they they have a limit of 15 cars per session Mm-hmm. And you pay your, your 300 bucks, don't need a cams license, just a helmet. And um, and then, yeah, just get spin around and have some fun. Mm. So Just
2: hearing that, I get...
1: I, it's I get so nervous. exciting, dude. I know. I, so I'm exciting. not
2: saying it wouldn't be. I just get nervous. I get nervous. Because this is what we so do on the did. Beast Monkey Podcast. full Full honesty and disclosure on all things.
1: So the plan is to do at least maybe at least one, hopefully two before the end of the calendar year. Yep. Track days? With the Mazda? Um, or with the Audi? Nah, I'll I'll do the Mazda first and then I'll do the Audi. Uh,
2: yeah. I think the Audi would be maybe more fun, but the Mazda would require more skill.
1: I don't know about fun, definitely faster. The Audi's just crazy Well, that's what faster. I mean. Like it'll
2: be more It'll be a fast, you'll get faster down the stretches, you'll be able to go around the corners faster. It's a, it's a supercar. It's almost got 300 kilowatts. It's like a 400 horsepower monster.
1: Check out the racetrack, man. It's a really, really nice track. Technical. Luddenham. L U -D D E N H A M.
2: Yep. Yep. Cool.
1: So more on that as I get things organized getting a bunch of people ideally it would be good to get a bunch of people that i know so that we can actually book the track out for a private session
2: see i'd be yeah i'd feel more comfortable with that i guess immediately i'd also feel more comfortable i don't know the more i think about it i'd want to go and just pay the money and drive my own car take the colt around i mean that's what it's there for it's a sports car i want to see what kind of Mm. times i can put out in it you know
1: It's just fun, dude. It's just fun. Being able to drive... I know
2: it's fun, but...
1: Your car at full speed, around a track. Yeah.
2: You know what's funny? Last time I played basketball, two times ago that I played basketball, I hit my hand. Very end of the game. We're down heaps of points. There's no way we're going to win. I drive and dish, and someone jumps up and fouls the shit out of me. Lands on top of me. And his forearm comes crashing down like into the hard bit of the outside forearm, right into the delicate part of my hand across here. And it swells up huge the next day. It's not hurting now. I had the doctor look at it. He said he doesn't think it's broken. He did all the different tests you do to check if it's broken. But how annoying are people who do stuff like that? I just bumped it then and it's still tender. This is a month ago.
1: Welcome to getting old, dude. S- same thing with with jujitsu. Like, um, I we were doing these really crazy grips. This is going back like six weeks, mm. and my hand is still a bit sore on certain angles when I grip things. Yeah. And then there's then there's like my rotator cuff as well, which yeah. I didn't feel Happened any problems during training. Yeah. It wasn't until I got on the plane on the day that I left that I was like, "Ooh." And I wonder if you heard it Thursday. picking up
2: your bags, like you tweaked it.
1: Yeah, it's possible but yeah because reaching right,
2: cause... rotator cuffs get done more than anything when you reach behind yourself and pick up weight that way that's the number mm. one cause of rotator cuff injury so it might not have been from jiu-jitsu it might have been like my dad hurt his he used to always grab his sports bag from the back of the car reaching into the side seat and picking up anytime you lean outside of your spine and use your shoulder behind you it's like a thousand times more dangerous for your shoulder But I won't disagree. I am very much getting old. This hand thing, though, is just from playing against a dickhead. A guy who just had no idea what he was doing and being an absolute moron. Like...
1: (sighs) Do you know anyone that's got any babies that we could borrow some stem cells from or something like that?
2: Um, Borrow? That would help. Or take?
1: Extrogenous. I don't want to give them back. Stem cells. I don't
2: want to give the stem cells back when I'm done with them. Um, No, I think we're better off... Dropping twenty five grand in each US and going to Panama, I think they know what they're doing. But that's twenty five dollars US per visit. So unless you've got that Mel Gibson money, I don't think that's affordable. Otherwise I would have my right knee pumped full of that stuff so quickly to grow back my cartilage. And I'd be playing basketball still.
1: I reckon we could probably do it cheaper if we went to China.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we could. We could. But how many Chinese people play basketball?
1: Let's go to China.
2: A lot is the answer. Uh, I don't know how much cheaper it would be. I think go to Russia would be the way to go. Russia, you reckon? Yeah. I think everything's in Russia. I think Russia are probably the biggest country and the best country in the world right now. We just don't realize because we're not there.
1: Russia. Cool. Russia. All right, man. Cool. I'm going to go eat because I'm hungry. Eat. Say hi to your so parents
2: and your wife for me and your dogs.
1: Will do. Say hi to the, uh, to the kiddies, uh, Camille and, um, and uh, that little man, Gorman. There they are there. Tell telling what's up.
2: They're just sleeping. I've got the heater on quite high right now so I don't get sick. And the relaxed. dogs have had their walk in the cold, and so they're just sleeping, ready for D double D I double N E R very soon. I assume your dogs Alrighty. have eaten already.
1: Uh, uh, Alright.
2: I'm gonna go. Cool. I will well, talk to you soon.
1: You uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch up again this weekend. I'll see you with the Goodbye. floating minutes you will see me I'll see you then
2: everybody else everybody else go to the floating moon check us out on Facebook floating moon eventbrite.com.au floating moon get there check it out see what's happening be a lot of fun probably the best night of your life I'd say floating moon
1: check it out bye podcast.